Welcome to the Double J Podcast presented by Lake Central Media. Jack and Giovanni here for the last podcast of this March. And it is March Madness, ladies and gentlemen. But first, we're going to start off with the NFL because we have a lot to talk about there as well. Last time we had a show, we did not know about this. But now, Le'Veon Bell, the old Pittsburgh Steelers running back, will now be joining the New York Jets. The interesting thing on this one is that he is getting paid less than what he would have gotten if he would have came back to the Steelers. So the Jets kind of made some moves in the offseason. C.J. Mosley, they did sign Anthony Barr, but he did go back to Minnesota. That was Le- crazy. Livian <laughs> Bell, Sam Darnold, he might be on a rising um, um, pace here and with a high pick as well. The Jets. Yes, the Jets, I think what they did here is great. I think they um, really did – this is a great move getting Le'Veon Bell. They're giving uh, Sam Darnold what they gave Jared Goff, what they gave um, Dak Prescott. They gave Dak Prescott Ezekiel Elliott, lead running back. Todd Gurley, arguably the best running back in the league. I think this is exactly what a young quarterback like Sam Darnold needs. And Le'Veon Bell isn't isn't just a great pass catcher, a great runner. He's also a heck of a blocker. And I think this is really a move that the Jets needed to make. C.J. Mosley bolsters that defense even more. And as long as New England's still in the division, I don't think they're going to be competing in that division. But I think the future is bright for the New York Jets. It's interesting. Um, I don't think they're going to be, you know, a top team for a while. You know, getting Bell obviously um, makes them better than what they were. But it's interesting to see how his ego is coming into this. We saw one Steeler leave the Steelers, and he's pretty happy right now. Antonio Brown we're talking about. Never seen him happier. Yeah, so we'll see how Le'Veon Bell is. Um, I'm interested to see how he plays after missing a year, if he just slacked off and sat home, or how much did he train for this year. Um, that's the question for me, if he's going to be the same Bell after you know two from two years, I guess, because you know missing a year of football can – it can make you worse than what you were, and that's my question. If he can become, if he can be the bell that was so explosive from two years and more years back. Well, uh, here's here's the thing. You mentioned before, Le'Veon Bell did lose money. He did, yeah. From this, um, I think that shows me there was more of a personal problem with Pittsburgh than money. Absolutely, that's what I was. That's into. the that's what's getting into my mind just to see. You know, him take less money. Obviously, the money was a little part, but now we finally found out that, hey, maybe there was a personal problem in the locker room, just the reason why Antonio Brown wanted to leave. So I think there's got to be a lot of, you know, searching around in that Pittsburgh locker room, and I think the two people you need to search is Rosselsberger and Tomlin because those are the two main guys in that locker room, and obviously they did something to upset their two arguably best players in a long time. Well, Mike Tomlin, to me, I think – I don't think Mike Tomlin is uh, the great is the greatest coach ever. But I don't think he took it serious enough. But we have to keep in mind what Mike Tomlin is. He's still a great coach. So many, I think so many teams would kill, like the Bengals would kill to have him as their coach because he's never had a losing season in Pittsburgh, and that's something that I don't think he gets enough credit for. But to me, this a lot of the blame has to go on him. A lot of the I blame think, has to go on Big Ben too. Do you, how many times did you see him call out? Yeah. Ab. Uh, to the media. I, and I think the Bengals would like a new coach that can win a playoff game as well. And the Bengals just got Vontez Burfecht, too. They cut him. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Steelers fans happy about that one. And we're talking about free agency. It's kind of died down after that hot first weekend. We, a lot of teams made moves 
a lot of trades, a lot of signs. But I think the real question is what team truly won so far free agency? There are some players left, but most of them are gone. So which team won the free agent race so far? To me, this is tough because I think I think the, the Packers are, are very underrated in what they've done in free agency. Uh, they got Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. Uh, that definitely um, gets their pass rush um, up a little bit because they, they need it. They they really do. They need it. They have some tough quarterbacks in their division, and that's not really going to go. Kirk Cousins isn't going away. Mitchell Trubisky is on the rise now. Stafford is a as a slinger, and they really need someone like like that. But I look at the Jets too. I obviously they got the superstar in Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley, and they did sign James. And imagine Carter. and imagine if um, Anthony Barr stayed. And they still have the number three pick in the draft. Exactly. Let's see. Maybe, I I don't know. Maybe Nick Bosa falls to three. I'd be interesting. Because if, he, he skipped if Kyler game. Murray does go one. Which he, I think he will. It is a possibility. It is a possibility. Mine's, it, it's a three-way race. I, I put the Browns, obviously. Um, I put the Raiders because they made moves. And then there's the Bears as well. I only like the Bears just because of the deal they got for HaHa Clint Dix. It was a great deal for $3.8 million. It sucks to see Amos go to the Packers and Callahan. That is one thing I forgot to mention. And Callahan to Denver, but he's going with Vic Vangio, so I think that's fine with me. But I think it's the Browns if we are talking about anybody just because Odell Beckham is now a Cleveland Brown. You just gave the hottest, in my mind, the hottest and youngest quarterback in the NFL – one of the best receivers in the NFL. I really think the Browns won it. And don't forget, you have Kareem Hunt, which is suspended eight games. But still, you still have Kareem Hunt. They got OBJ. They might have got rid of some draft picks and Julius um, Peppers. Yeah, that's his name. But when you look at the talent they received, Beckham and Hunt, there's no other team that got that amount of talent from anybody else. I'm just, I like the Browns and the free agent race so far. There are some good guys still left, like Nick Donovan, Sue, Ezekiel Ansa. Um, you know, there's some guys out there that the Browns could make some moves. I know the Colts got a lot of money. They haven't really signed anybody besides Devin Funches and Pissar. I can't even say it. Pissar, Desar, this year. This year. So there's teams out there with players that have a lot of money still. So it's interesting to see, you know, what can happen and. Giovanni told me about this um, just a minute ago, about Ben Roethlisberger fundling on purpose. This was a story that broke out recently, and this caught both of our eyes because he fumbled on purpose spite of... Supposedly. Supposedly. Former Steelers running back Josh Harris is staying this. Now, if you look at the play... Jack, I don't know if you've seen the play. I think everybody just hates Ben Roethlisberger now. <laughs> to, me, to me, this is the thing. If this was someone like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning back in what the day class. or Aaron Rodgers, class. would anyone, everyone would dismiss this story and say, oh, it's ridiculous. But with Ben Roethlisberger, you at least have to kind of consider it because it's ben apparently this was despite Todd Haley. And The Steelers are very controversial. Yeah. They are the total divas almost. They are very um, controversial lately. It's kind of disgusting, honestly, when you look at it. It so really is. It, I don't know what's going on with the Steelers. It, it's really, um, it's just really curious. And another signing, which since we're talking about free agency, the Rams just signed a backup quarterback, Blake Bortles. 
Blake Bortles is now a L.A. Ram after his career in Jacksonville ended, after the Jaguars signed Nick Foles. Blake Bortles, a backup quarterback for the L.A. Rams. And uh, that's 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 not that's weird to say. That it's kind of sad if you think about it. Blake Bortles a year ago, a year ago, everyone was AFC thinking that he could Super Bowl. Um, potentially get the Jaguars um, not only back to the playoffs but make a run to the Super Bowl. And now, do you think he's the best backup right do, now? Yes. Do you think he's the best backup in the NFL? Uh it's it's tough. I think Jacoby Brissett should definitely be in that conversation. I think if I was doing like a top three, I'd go Blake Bortles. Chase Daniel, and the third one, it's honestly confusing because you said Jacoby Brissett, who had a good run in New England when he was there, when, and he also when Tom Brady was out. And to me, if uh, the Colts surround him with nothing but garbage the year he re- was replacing Andrew Luck from weeks two. But what was his record at th- that time? Uh, with the Patriots, I believe he was uh, one and zero. I believe the one, one game. He's, remember the game he started against Houston? Yeah, like I said, he had a, he had kind of a little spurt in um, New England. Does that mean he's a starter? No, 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 no. We're not saying he's a starter. We're just saying I think the Colts backup. might might trade him this year uh, because I think his con- his rookie deal is coming to an end soon, and the Colts I don't think they're going to re-sign him. I think the Chargers are now up there with Tyrod Taylor as their backup. That is true. I did forget about that. You know, with Phillip Rivers' career ending soon, you got Tyrod Taylor, who did not have the best start to Cleveland. But, you know, I think he, for backup-wise, he's good. And we were talking about it's March, and the bracket has come out. And the number one seeds, we have three ACC teams. This is the first time since, I, I don't know if it's 2009 or 2010, it was the Big East Conference who had three first seeds, number three number one seeds in the tournament. Those number one seeds are... North Carolina, the Duke Blue Devils, overall and, number one seed, yeah, Blue Devils, and the Virginia Cavaliers, uh, and then another one is the Gonzaga. I forgot about the Zags. The question is that everybody says is did the committee get it right? Any teams that should have got it in that don't deserve it. Um, I, I looked at the bracket many times. I just. I think this is the first time. And I in think a while. the teams we're talking about are the last four in the twelve seeds in the playing games, if anything. Yeah, but to to me, the committee got this right one hundred percent. I don't disagree with with anything they did. I think maybe the seeding could have been better, but the teams are right. Now, do you think they got all the number one seeds right? To me, yes. Duke being the number one overall. Well, seed that's is. obvious. They won an ACC tournament. Virginia has great wins. That's nothing you can take away from them. North Carolina's beat Duke twice. Gonzaga, they're, I don't know. Gonzaga really just pushes my buttons just because of the conference they play in. I do think Michigan State has a good argument after beating Michigan again in the championship. But, you know, Gonzaga, they lost to St. Mary's in the championship. They just, I don't know. Gonzaga just, they make me weary. And that's the thing. They just make me weary. That's not talking about the right teams, but the seeding, could have been better. I think so. I don't think Kansas is a four seed. I think that's their seed. They're a four or five. I think they're a six, honestly. I really do. Kansas? Yes. I have not liked who, how they've played this year. They have not been the Kansas. They should be. Villanova, a six seed. Maybe they could be a five. They did win the Big East tournament. I think the curious one is dangerous is the Wolford, I don't even, Terriers, I think their name is. Number seven seed. That's a team that can shoot lights out. So... I do like the teams. The seeding maybe could be a little better in my mind. You think Houston could have been higher? 
They're the three seed? Yes. No. Um, three seed's good for them. They did win the AAC. They did lose a couple of weeks ago to UCF at home. I think if they would have won that game, maybe a two seed and potential. But Houston, I think they have three losses, if I'm correct. I like the team. They're, um, they're small in size, but they are big in scoring. So I think a three seed is right for them. And it's March Madness. And the upsets will be roaring. Giovanni, what are your top three potential upsets do you see? Now, I'm, now we're going to give you this. It can be any part of the tournament. So let's say a nine seed wins against a one seed. You can say that as well. That's my kind of potential upsets as well. Well, I'm just going to stick with round of 64 for now. Okay. Uh, we, and we'll talk about this later, but to me, I see a strong case for all the five seeds potentially being upset, and the one I'll start with is Marquette. I know yeah. you're not a big Marquette I'm fan. I'm not. I'm not. And I'll, you can go, and I will kind of you know, add on to it. Uh, Mur- Murray State. Um, potentially the second pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, they have the, potentially the second pick in the NBA draft. Usually I'm against picking against player or picking against teams that only have really one strong player and don't have a lot of depth. But Marquette this year has really not impressed me that much. They've been inconsistent. They have. Uh, yeah, and I do not think that that's going to bode well for them come tournament time. They had a um, big win against St. John's in the Big East tournament and then blew it against Seton Hall. And their best player, Marcus Howard, is having hand problems as we speak. Yeah, and so, you say yourself Big East teams tend to be a little bit inconsistent? They do. They, they have runs of amazing wins and they have runs of terrible losses. Every team in that conference. I mean, that's why they're all 500. They have all great runs. And then there'll be times where they just lose games they should never lose. And another upset. I'm going to... I don't think this one's that bold, to be quite honest. But 27-6, and six, um, excuse me, Vermont. Vermont. I think they're going to be Florida State. Ugh, that's, that's a hard one. That's hard. And it's because Ameri- American East Player of the Year, Anthony Lamb, averaging 21 points a game, 7 oh, rebounds. I, that is hard. Florida State? A team a lot of people have in their final four. And they're and they they were hot going into this tournament. They're fourteen Beat and one. Virginia, Florida State. Oh, that's a that's a that's a bold one. That's bold. And this one, uh I'm known to pick against Purdue, and I said this the minute I saw this. Old Dominion over Purdue. I know Jack thinks I that's can't ridiculous, see that but one. I know at least once or twice a year. Purdue uh, has a tendency to choke, but I don't see this one. Once or twice I have to pick one that no one can see coming. And to be honest, I, I just think that Old Dominion can pull it off. They've been known to, to get some upsets. And Purdue is, has a history of choking come tournament time. I don't know about that. That's, that's a hard one. Well, Jack, your turn. I'm first off, well, since you stole one of mine, I'm going to go with St. Mary's over Villanova. St. <laughs> Mary's won the, um, wait, what's their tournament? Um, what's their conference called? Like, I don't even know what their conference is called. That's how bad it is. But they beat Gonzaga in the conference championship to get into the tournament. Now, like we were saying, the West Coast Conference. Now, like we were saying, Villanova, these Big East teams do have a tendency of being inconsistent. I think St. Mary's beats Villanova. I'm high on the St. Mary team. Next, New Mexico State over Auburn. I am not a fan of Auburn. They did I win- thought about that one. They did win the SEC tournament. But New Mexico State is 30-4. and four. 30 and 4. I mean, they know how to win. And I think with New Mexico State being a 12 seed, that's potential danger right there for Auburn. You know, those these 12 seeds, I always like to say in my mind, they're more dangerous than a 5 seed at times, I think. Remember um 
Stephen F. Austin, when they were a 12 seed at those times, they yes. were dangerous. I mean, they were um they were pretty dangerous. And then next, I'm gonna go with Florida over Nevada. That's a 10 and seven game, but I'm not a fan of Nevada either. They they've lost. Really? They haven't they haven't shown anything to me besides last year's miracle run. And I was talking about you know going to one and eight seed games. If Syracuse wins and it's Syracuse Gonzaga, I am taking Syracuse over Gonzaga. That's I don't think that's that ridiculous. I'm not to too fond of Gonzaga, and I think, and we can always say this when it comes to tournament time, Syracuse is always making a run. They were the 11 seed and they made the Elite Eight or Final Four. It was one of those. So you know, I'm interested in that. And what's interesting is what is the most interesting. Round of 64. What game is the most interesting in that round of 64? Um, this, this one's a tough one for me. A Obviously, lot, you look at the 8 9 A lot seeds. of people have said the uh, Murray State and Marquette game. A lot of people say VCU-UCF, too. I have VCU in that one. I'm going to do the um, Seton Hall and Wolford game. Two teams that are shooting lights out. Miles Powell for Seton Hall. This dude is <laughs> hes an animal. He's hurt me. He's hurt my dreams. <laughs> uh, he, he ruined Georgetown's tournament dreams. This dude can shoot lights out any time in the game. And Wolford, they are a good basketball team. They are shooting, I think, 42% from the three-point line as a team. If they're hitting their shots, I'm watching out if I were you. They are a good three-point shooting team, and I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. I can see that being like a 90-85 to 85 game at the end. I think... That's bold. Um, most interesting game. Again, this one's tough for me. Um, I'm going to go Cincinnati, Iowa. That's interesting. Wow. I, seven versus 10. Those games are always uh, those games are always hard to pick. I think they're the hardest ones outside the eight and nine seed games. But uh, Cincinnati, I'm a little bare towards Cincinnati because last year I think I had them going far and think they lost to Nevada, if memory serves. I might be wrong about that. But I think Cincinnati is going to win this game. And but it will but it will be a good one. And moving on from that, round of sixty four does start this Thursday and Friday, but after that we will go right into the round of thirty two. Jack, what do you see as the best potential round of thirty two matchup? I was talking about it earlier. The Wolford Terriers in Kentucky. I wanna see that game bad. Wolford can shoot. I am telling you, if there is a basketball team that can shoot, they are probably the best shooting basketball team in this tournament. And when you make your threes, it's it, it's kind of impossible to beat you. I and Kentucky, uh, we know about Kentucky, a team that's always in the tournament. I think that's going to be the most interesting thirty-two best potential matchup. Going to be a great game. Wolford a seven seed, Kentucky a two seed. That's if Wolford wins. But three-point shooting for Wolford, the inside game for the Wildcats. I think that's going to be back and forth action. I think that's the the most exciting round. Uh, 32. Another game I want to talk about is the Murray State and Florida Seminoles. And the interesting thing was if Murray State and Florida State both win their first round games, this would give J.A. Mont his first real test because Florida State has the size of an NBA team. And many experts have said that. And you know a lot of scouts will be at that game. So that that's my, but I think the Wolfram Kentucky matchup, if happens, that will be the, the best potential of round 32. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Tennessee, a potential matchup. Tennessee, Cincinnati. Uh, two, honest, two physical teams. I've never really believed in uh, Tennessee all they, year. They come to play at times. Like, 
they've always been in the top ten, I think, this whole year. Yeah, they have. And I'm not trying to hate on them, but I just don't I don't see it in this team. I think if they win against that Cincinnati team, they make it at least to the final. I think they can make it to the Final Four. And uh, I'm going to go and uh, Mississippi State, Virginia Tech. I think that one's interesting because the winner of that most likely plays Duke. Let's be real for a second. And I I think that's interesting because Virginia Tech, I think, is – They beat Duke already. I think is one of the – is the only team in that path that can beat Duke. And really? Not Michigan State. We'll get, sorry, going to the, to the Elite Eight. Oh, I think Duke is very uh, blessed to have an easy to, – to me, they have an easy path. Well, we've been talking about upsets, bold pick time, and mine is Yale over LSU. These Ivy League schools come to play in March. Remember Harvard, the runs they've made? I'm telling you, I, I think if um Yale, I think Yale can definitely make some noise in that tournament and be a – it's a bold upset pick, bold. That, so, that's bold, obviously. <laughs> that is bold. I said mine earlier. Uh, I have Old Dominion over Purdue. That is bold. And I'm, I'm a man of bold takes. So I think we both are. What is a sleeper team? So, like a Loyola, you know, like a Nevada team that can go far in the tournament. It's always so hard we'll, to pick we'll, these teams. We'll go six or higher. Six or higher you have to pick. What do you mean six or higher? Seed. A seed of six or higher. A sleeper team. Oh. Uh, this one's tough. I think I think Nevada could make. I, actually, no. I take that back. Texas Tech. I, Aren't they the three seed? Are you, you said six or higher? Six, nine, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like that. Six oh. or higher. Okay. If I said six or lower, I'd said be six, five, four. Okay. It's math. Then, all right. My my bad on that one. I think Villanova. Wow. Villanova. For some reason, this team tournament time they come to play. I know they've not been they do, anywhere near as good. They do choke at times though. They do, but and even though I do think St. Mary's might upset them, if they don't, then they have to face either Purdue or, or I think they're gonna face Old Dominion. I think they can make a run to the Sweet 16, and if they get there, that's dangerous. I'm gonna mention them once again: the Wolfer Terriers. I am big <laughs> on this team, and they are the seven seed and a dangerous seven seed. I am big on this team, so. I'm telling you, this is my sleeper team. I have them in my Elite Eight as we speak, so watch out for them. To be honest, I've not finished uh, my my bracket yet, but um, I think I do know who my champion is going to be. Who's your champion? I think right now it's hard for me to pick against uh, Virginia because because I think this team is uh, mad after last year. Yeah, I can see that. Now, if you ask me on Friday or on Thursday, this pick will probably be changed. But I don't see Virginia getting knocked off early again. Now, Jack, if they lose again in the first round, I don't think there's no way they do. But uh, if they lose in the first, I haven't round, really heard anything about these 16 seeds at all this year. But do we ever though? I mean, Virginia will face Gardner Webb. I don't know who they are. I don't even remember who Virginia lost to last year. Well, my pick is North Carolina. We yeah, Jack's been high on them all year. I I love Kobe White. If you don't know who I'm talking about, just look for the dude with the huge afro and pink shoes. Number two, this dude's a baller. Cameron Johnson, Luke May. They should have beat um, they should have beat Duke. It was, they were a bad coaching decision at the end away. And what I mean from that is um, you know you have two timeouts, seven seconds left. You got to call a timeout for Roy Williams. I think North Carolina should have won that game. 
if you've seen the last play, Zion Williamson literally out-rebounded four guys, and he put the basket in Ridiculous. the Ridiculous. Yeah. So, I think North Carolina does take this one, and, you know, those are the two most common teams I think people are saying. Duke and North Carolina, Virginia. Um, I've heard a lot. I've heard Gonzaga. I've heard um, Michigan State. I've heard Kentucky. My friend, he's a big, big Houston fan. He actually said Houston. Interesting. I don't, I don't understand Houston. I, I just don't see it. There's just so many teams. I just don't see them making a run. Houston's one of them. I don't understand why everyone's so high on them. But I do think you know if. You know, a good pick if they, you know, had more talent be Syracuse. Well-coached team. They are, they, well- are, they always are well-coached. And like I said, they always upset teams when they are those high seeds. They all, they always tend to. It's the, it's the gym. Remember when they beat Michigan State last year? Exactly. My point, I mean, you might not like it, but the Syracuse Orange come to play in March. And we're going to go to the Alliance. And, wow, we're actually talking about the Alliance. Johnny Manziel is back to playing professional football on American soil. Johnny Manziel has agreed to play in the AAF. And what the interesting thing is, the team he's playing for, the quarterback just got injured this past week. Uh, I believe Christian Hackenberg, if I'm not mistaken. It's something, yeah. But how about that? Johnny Manziel back to playing football. In American soil. Yep. This is awesome. I'm excited. Let's see if it it goes better than his... uh, Three plays in the CFL. It was about three months, and I don't know. He, I think he got injured. I think it was, but I'm excited to see him. I do think he deserves another shot. He did. He did have a rough team to start with. I think if you maybe give him a little more talent than what he had, maybe a better start. But yeah. But that's all. That's it for the alliance. Uh, I don't think that, me and Jack no, watched any of the games. There's nothing going on. That that's just a fail. And I'm interested to see what the XFL does next year. So we're gonna go to everyone caught family fact or fiction, and we were just talking about it. Duke and North Carolina will face off in the finals. To be clear, this is possible, right? It is possible. Okay. It is possible. No, I just I just don't see both of these teams making a run. I see Duke, obviously, if they don't at least at least get to the final four, the season's a failure. I think no, fiction, because Duke chokes in the tournament. You might look at their success. Yes, don't get me wrong. But they do tend to lose. But my but my thing is this is the they have the best player in the tournament they have the second best player in the tournament. Uh, I think RJ is the third best in the tournament. I give it to J. Mott. I would I, okay, but again, you can make the debate that RJ is the second. But best here's player my in the thing: tournament. we've said this before <laughs> when they've had JJ Redick, who is considerably the best player in the country. They lost to Lay. They lost to Mercer. They lost to South Carolina. I'm just saying at times. I'm just do, saying this team feels different. They just choke at times. I'm not trying to take anything away from and the one. Yeah, the one thing I have a problem with with Duke is their three point shooting and their bench. You need to have depth and some three point shooting. You and we seen them on re- a night. Yeah, and if <laughs> we almost saw them lose to Wake Forest at home, and an, and in the tournament, if another team is shooting well from three and you're not, yeah, that's it. If it's not like you can, this come, is one and done. Yeah, it's not like you can come back and play another game. I mean, if another team is shooting so much better than you, say your prayers because. You're going to need some shooting. It, that's what happened to Virginia last year. UMBC was just shooting so And they made them. Well. And that's what happens. The road to the Final Four will go through the ACC. Now, this is possible. It would have to be Florida State, I believe, Duke, Virginia, and North Carolina. I'm just saying the more likely it would be. I'm, I'm sure there's more teams I'll, I will be looking. But that's how it's going to probably have to look. North Carolina, 
You're going to have to go through Virginia as well. Then there's the Florida State, and then there's Duke. That's going to how it's probably going to have to be. Or Louisville. So, fact or fiction? The road to the Final Four will go through the ACC. So all th- I go fact. Really? I, I can't. I can't see it. I, I don't know why. I just can't see all four teams. The ACC is just so... All, all, all four teams in one conference. Has that ever happened? I don't think that's ever happened before. I just couldn't see it. A 16 beats a 1 again. No, I no. think it's going to be a long time before I can't, that happens again. I can't see it. it. I mean, it happened the first time in history last year. Every five seed will get upset. Fiction. I made a case for this earlier. Fiction. I don't think it's going to happen, but you can make a strong case for every you single You can make 12. a case, but not every five seed. At least two, I think, will win. At I think least. Oregon and... I think um, Oregon will win. I think Oregon could win and... New Mar- Mex- I have New Mexico State, too. I, my two 12 seeds are New Mexico State and Murray State. I had Murray State and Oregon. I... I can't pick against Auburn. MJ, well, Michael Jordan, at 34 years old, gets this Lakers team to the playoffs. Now, okay, I wanna, I wanna go over some real quick. Lakers team. So this is a healthy Lakers team with Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma. With everybody, right? With everybody. No. So who's missing? Okay. So Alonzo Ball. Let's okay. Let's let's pretend this. Let's pretend that after after the All Star break, Michael Michael Jordan. Back. Okay, so you got Kuzma, Ingram. Ball, Lonzo Ball still hurt. Yeah, he's still hurt. I he, say fact. I go fact. Michael Jordan at the age of 34 played every single game in the in his season. 82 games. Started 82 games. He averaged about 28.7 points a game. Was an all-star. Um, I think he does. And the big thing is he didn't miss a game. He played all 82 games. And Michael Jordan's a scorer. I mean, he's going to take over a game when he has to. He's not going to be a lazy player. Okay, calling LeBron lazy's a bit. I mean, I mean, he's throwing balls off the backboard, rolled it, pulled up for three and missed. I mean, he's definitely not cared anymore, and I think that's something you wouldn't see from Jordan. Well, I don't think this. I don't think Michael Jordan leads this Lakers team to the playoffs. Now, I'm sh- I'm sure the first thing most people are gonna say is, well, what error is it in? Is it is it the error now well, uh, or the you error? You look at 34. Then? He was still really good. Yeah, and LeBron to me is still. Very good. He's just been lazier than more other seasons, I guess. You, I think he yeah. has been lazier. You can you can agree with that. You, he has been lazier this year than any year. Just look up LeBron James defensive highlights of 2019. I'm just. It's saying, not going to actually be any highlights. He's just really. I think this like not going to the playoffs has really taken a toll on his mental health. Tennessee, uh, Tennessee is overrated. They're the number two seed. I I can't see that fiction. Um, I I, I don't know. It's just. I don't know how a team can be overrated if they stayed in the top 10 in every single poll for the whole year. I don't really know how you can consider them overrated. I don't know. To me, I just I just don't see this team making a run. I just I've never I know, but I've never bought into this team. I'm just saying a team that's never been out of the top 10, I can't see how you call them overrated. Can't. Uh, Harden, James Harden uh, is now losing the MVP race. Yes, Back fact. Um, we're going to talk about this later in the show, but Giannis – has been amazing after the All-Star break. Um, he needs more recognition. and he We is, will give him that later. And he is leading the Bucks, who have the best record in the NBA. And I think he deserves it. Uh, I'm going to go fact on this one. I I do still think he, he's going to win MVP. Uh, I don't know. 
it's going to be a close race this year. The day after Duke season ends, fact or fiction, Zion Williamson will sign the biggest shoe deal since LeBron James fact. I don't think – I know I put this one, but I don't think it will be right after. It will be maybe about a month after, but he is definitely going to sign one of the biggest shoe deals since LeBron in my mind. Since oh, he's going to make so much money. He is making Nike millions of dollars. What do you think they're going to call his shoes? The ZWs or something. The Zions. Uh, that's not a bad name. I mean, the Zions. The ZWs, you know. Yeah, they're going to be right there with the KDs, the LeBrons, that's the, the Kobe's. Yeah, I mean, people use their first names, the Zions. I don't know. I just like the, I like the ZWs. Like, you can, like, the ZW10s or something like that. You know what I mean? That's, that's a nice name to it. Zion, when he signs that contract, he, he will not even have played a single He's going to buy a game. yacht. He's going to buy a yacht. He's going to probably make more money than me, you, and... He's going to make more money than probably the whole draft class combined. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about it, but probably over the... Wait, over their lifetime, or... No, just the rookie oh. year, rookie oh. year. Yes. Uh, that, that'd, be a little, that'd be a little chaotic. And we're going to go to the NBA. The Celtics. They were on a streak, and but they lost to the Nuggets last night at home. Kyrie Irving had over 30 points. But it seems like... Ever since the resurrection of Gordon Hayward, the Celtics have improved a little bit, but they did lose last night to the Nuggets. Yeah, the Celtics, I've really never given up on the Celtics all year long. I've I've kept hanging on that they're going to make a run, and to me, this doesn't really prove that much. No. It's not that significant, but it does show that Gordon Hayward is not uh, a complete failure uh, in Boston. Not a complete. In in Boston. In Boston. Uh, Gordon Hayward's finally being the player that he uh, should have been, even after his injury. I know he did have that horrific injury, which I think that a lot of people um, didn't give him enough uh, leeway with that. But I think the Celtics are still going to be a strong contender in the East. And there's a strong – what are they at right now? They're at the five seed. They are a game back from the Pacers. Feels like it's been that way all year. Yep. I think they could definitely uh, get into that four, that four spot, or that, or even if they stay at that five spot, I think they could take the Pacers in a seven-game series. I've said since we started doing these podcasts, the Celtics will not finish top four, and I still believe that this team has too many egos. Name of Kyrie Irving, sorry, <laughs> but no, I think this is not a top four East team right now. They are not playing their best. I mean, they are playing their best ball lately, but. They seem to have a tendency to just lose control at times. The Spurs, oh man, they are now, I think this is the second, 22nd consecutive season, they'll have a winning record. After, be- to Greg Popovich, after right. beating the Warriors last night, San Antonio Spurs really, they're at the bottom of the West. They are, the oh my bad, they're the five seed, I shouldn't say bottom. So they would play, if the season ended today, they would play the Trailblazers, but there was also a three-way tie for fifth. And there's only one game back of the eighth place team. So, I mean, they can go from fifth to eighth. But the Spurs, great coaching. DeMar DeRozan, Marcus Aldridge. Was there a push in the making? Uh, to me, I think this team, if they can beat the Trailblazers in a series. Now, again, they probably will not finish exactly in that fifth spot since the West is just so close. Yeah. But if they get a team like the Trailblazers or even a team like the Nuggets – I think that they could make a run through the West. Maybe 
Maybe it's a bolt. It's bold, but if they get past that first game, I think maybe they can make a run at the conference finals. But that's that's very bold because they have teams like OKC, Denver again. They're a deep team, though. They are a very deep team, and I even think... after losing Kawhi Leonard, Demar Derozan has stepped up a lot. Yeah, so I do think you know they can make a run. It just be it depends, you know, who who do they meet? And we were talking about earlier, Giannis had a 50-point game, 52-point game, and a double-double against the 76ers. You know, we, we, we know he's a good player. We know he's a great player, Giovanni. But is it time we actually, like, give him recognition for the player he is? Is it time to worry about him? I mean, they compare his stats to a young LeBron and a young Shaq, and they almost look identical. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's scary. If Giannis can uh, get get a solid jump shot, I think he's going to be a very scary and, player. But the thing is, he's getting 52 points without a solid jump shot. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Giannis is just so I dominant. think he's on a tear. I think, and you know, we don't really talk about him, and me and you, I'm saying. And I think it's time we need to recognize him just because of how much he's done for Milwaukee. I mean, this guy was like a 64 overall in his um, rookie year in 2K. I mean, he was really bad. And look what he's I did not know that. And look what he's done to the Bucks. He's made them the best team in the NBA. I'm scared if I have to play the Bucks, especially Giannis, because it seems like nobody can stop him. I mean, not even Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid could stop him. And those are some of the best defensive players in the NBA. Yeah, that's true. And stay, going back to the Western Conference, the Rockets, I, did, I forgot to mention them when it came, comes to teams that can contend in the West. Do you think that the Rockets, this is the year they finally get it done against the Golden State Warriors? You know, I say no. I say yes because just because they're one game, they're a, they were a Chris Paul injury away of doing it. A Chris Paul injury away. But is this really the same team? Yes. And they are now third in the Western Conference. They're 9 and 1 in their last 10 games. They have beaten the Warriors twice already this year. They had the Warriors did beat them as well, but I think James Harden's got a chip on his shoulder, and I think it's that chip of that play, that game seven from last year. What they missed thirty threes or something like that. I think he he's got that on his mind every time he plays. But my thing is his style of play does not translate well come playoff time because the refs they let they let the boys play. So, I I think that I think this is the year. I really do. But I don't think James Harden's going to get the benefit of the doubt from the refs in the playoffs. But I still I, but I still think the Nuggets are the best team in the West. I do. No, I. Warriors and them are tied for first. That's true. And even if the Nuggets finish first, I don't see them. If it's going through Denver, that's trouble. Denver uh, is a very tough place to play, even for 30 and State. 6 there. 30 and 6. We'll see if maybe we get a new team in the conference finals. Hopefully. I'm tired of watching the Warriors. Oh, no. Warriors are going to be in the conference. At least the Cavs finals. won't be in it. Yeah, no Cavs Warriors again. Thank gosh. I've been... what, what, Jack? You want to see Cavs Warriors part four? No, not at all. I was tired of watching. It's like watching Alabama and Clemson. I don't want to see it anymore. Well, uh, this is news that just broke. Uh, Jack just showed it to me. Mike Trout of of the Angels re-signs $430 million deal. Breaking news. Bryce Harper wants a new contract now. Um, well, I guess he won't so be playing in Philly. I, I guess he won't be playing in Philly. This has to be the biggest contract in MLB history. Maybe Maybe. It's got to be up there. It's got to be up there maybe but, with Stanton's contract. Wow. He is dedicated to the L.A. Angels. And the thing is, they're dedicated to the future. Owatani, Trout, they can maybe be a wild card team this year. They definitely didn't need to start taking advantage of Trout's talent. He He's, pro- he's one of the greatest players in a long time. Maybe since 
Maybe Ken Griffey. Maybe I I can't really think of anything right now. Ichiro, I like. I'm, I have respect for Ichiro. I, he was a great hitter. Yep. And this news just broke to us. So it this did. is our initial reaction. How many years was it? Thirteen. It was twelve years. So wow, that's till twenty. That's a lot of money. Twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. One. Twenty thirty one. Imagine how different things will be in twelve years. He might not even be playing. There might baseball might even not even be a thing by then. Oh, okay, I wouldn't go that far. I'm not saying I'm I'm not like that, but I mean just like the game might just be so different, you know. Yeah, maybe they'll have a pitching clock by then. Maybe they'll they won't have umps. They'll just have like robots or something. I I don't I don't really know. So double J list we've been talking about our top five Cinderella teams in March Madness. We're gonna go in order from five to one. Number five. Whew. I'm going with the Murray State. J.A. Morant, this guy is a heck of a talent, averaging a double-double. He has the most assists in NCAA Division I basketball. So I think at number five, they deserve some respect. Number four, St. Mary's. St. Mary's defeated Gonzaga in the um, conference tournament. I think that takes a lot of guts right there to beat Gonzaga at a tournament they've owned for the past, what, 10 years? Something insane like that. It's... It's been, you know, it's been rough for teams in that um, conference just because they ruled it. Here we go. Number three, Wisconsin. Ethan Happ. So you would have them being Virginia. I, it's, I think, like, we're talking about Cinderella teams here. And if it comes to an inside game, that's where Wisconsin strives at with Ethan Happ, one of the best um, forwards in the country. Number two, the Syracuse Orange. Um, or talking about earlier, when it comes to um, tournament time, um, what's his name? Um, Beheim doesn't um, mess around. Um, we've seen him with the walls against him. We've seen Syracuse at its worst and still beat the best teams in the tournament. Number one, I, I might just get a jersey after this podcast. The Wolford Terriers. I am big on this team. I do not know why. They are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, shooting 41% as a team. I'm big on the Terriers. I think they're definitely going to make some moves. I'm pretty sure to call it the Terriers. Georgetown did make the tournament, so Jack needs someone to cheer for. I, I just like this Wolford team. I'm I'm not really seeing them play at all, really. But the stats don't lie, and the stats show that they are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. So I think the Wolford Terriers are my top Cinderella team. All right. You listed all five of your teams? Yeah. All right. In order. All right, my turn. Um, Louisville, uh, they have, they're playing in the first game on Thursday. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but you know what the storyline is for that one? They're playing against Patino's son. Yes. that's The same team that fired his dad. Yes, oh. and I think Louisville has had a very tough schedule, and I think that that's going to prepare them well for this tournament. I think they're going to – I think they might roll over Minnesota. And Michigan State, once again, they have a history of – not really doing well in the tournament. Remember when they Syracuse. lost to? Remember when they lost to? I believe fifteen. Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. Yeah, uh, I I had a friend who was a big Michigan State fan that year. Uh, yeah, safe to say he wasn't okay after that loss. All right, so that on. was the year with Denzel Valentine. I know he's on the Chicago Bulls now. Mm-hmm. All right, number and uh, I'm gonna go Syracuse. Syracuse very well coached. It's gonna be very tough to beat Gonzaga if. I'm assuming Gonzaga does win that one versus 16 game. And Baylor is no um, small matchup, but I do think that they can. 
I, I feel like the when you play a nine seed, it gets you more prepared for the one seed instead of blowing an opponent out and playing another, you know, a hard opponent, you know? Yeah, but to be honest, we don't really see... It that. gets you a hard opponent to play. They get ready for. That is true. And um, this one, the Matt, from the MAC Conference, Buffalo, 31-3. and three. Been meaning to talk about them all day, but I think Buffalo... They're going to be a force. They beat Syracuse this year. And they're going to play the winner of St. John. And the two teams that aren't really finding their strides. Two teams that barely got in. Yep. And they're going to be they're going to be led by six foot three guard senior CJ Massenberg. And I he's been clutch this year. And if they do win that first game, I think they're going to play Texas Tech. That'll be a one heck of a game. It will be, and I do think Texas Tech would probably beat them, but... Jarrett Culver is one of the best shooters in the country. The team is dangerous. Uh, I'm going to put Oregon. You're not, you're not on the Wolford bandwagon? No. 20 straight wins. Come on. You're not on the Terrier train? No, to be oh, honest. Oh, come on. As soon as, soon as, you, as soon as I saw how much you raved about them, I... I'm I rem- telling you, man. I feel like they're gonna lose against Seton Hall that first game. If they do lose, oh well. But if they win that, wait does your does this have anything to do with um, Seton Hall being Georgetown? No, I've actually looked at this Terrier team. I mean, if you've won twenty straight games, they obviously know how to win. All right, and Oregon, and they lost Bull Bull. We were both big on him, and they still managed to win the Pac-12 tournament. And they are one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they're gonna give Wisconsin a very tough game. And ultimately, Kenny, I think they're gonna win. Kenny Wooten. He's one heck of a player. And then um, Villanova. Villanova, I know Jackson. I don't know if that's a Cinderella team. Because they, they won they it. They are at six. They won it last year, though. I know, but not everyone has kind of downplayed them this year. I just think everybody's downplayed that conference. So, I mean, I don't know if it's Villanova. But I don't know how you can consider them Cinderella after winning t- the last three years two national championships. It wouldn't be the craziest thing ever. It would be, like, remember the year Syracuse? You know, we mentioned them a lot, but the, remember the year Syracuse? I think I believe they were around an eight seed. Yeah, but still. I mean, I don't know if Villanova is considered Cinderella in my mind. All right. Mo- moving on from that. Um, this, one, this one's tough. I want to say Wolford, but... I'm telling you. They're good. The Terriers. Last one. Um, I mentioned that I mentioned them before. Cincinnati. I think this. I think Cincinnati puts it together this year. Twenty-eight and six, and they do operate. They are at the bottom of twenty pace in the nation. They don't play fast, and maybe it won't be the most exciting of games to watch. Oh, I've actually watched one of their games against UCF. It was a long game. Yeah, it was long. And uh, J- Jaron Cumberland, uh, he's. He's responsible for almost 25% of their points. He's a good scorer as well. And, he, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be great. And those are my five Cinderella teams. It's going to be very, very interesting week, Jack. I've actually seen Cincinnati play before last year. Live or just Live. I was in Ohio. And, you know, in Ohio, and I'm like, hey, Dad, let's go to a Cincinnati game. And we did. And they're a good team. And I did see that um, Cumberland, actually. Um, great player, and Cincinnati can be a sleeper. They do play in the same conference as Houston UCF, so they got some nice wins on their belt. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Double J Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Music. Just type like we just said, the Double J Podcast. You'll see our logo. 
with the black, white, and blue colors in the podcast logo. This has been the Double J Podcast on March 19th. Have a good day, everybody.